Welcome to Mentoring the Next Podcast. I'm your host, Susanna Bowden, and I'm working to amplify the need for mentoring through education, championship, and storytelling. On this podcast, you're going to hear from a variety of professionals who tell their story and share about the mentors who helped them pave the way in their life and industry. Together, we will throw it back to how they got started, talk about the now, and see how they're paying it forward by mentoring the next. On today's episode, we have Lacey Cruz, who is Sedgwick County Commissioner for District 4. And yeah, hello. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> yes, thank you. Can you just introduce yourself as in like who you are to you and how you help people? Oh, wow. That's a big question. <laughs> um, I am, who am I to me? <laughs> wow. Um. You know, I feel like my purpose in doing a lot of what I do is to um, really inspire people to do what they want to do and uh, motivate people in understanding that they have a lot more power than they really understand. And I, for my whole life, have, you know, just really, I really felt like there was something great that was going to happen with my life, but I just didn't really understand what it was. And so trying to really do new things, um, discover as much as I could. Um, and I think that's kind of what landed me in this role was because, um, even though I didn't really know a lot about it, I was able to kind of take a leap of faith, um, and fulfill something in regards to lack of representation when it comes to women in local government. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, who I am to me, I guess, you know, I really live by a motto of inspire others to inspire others, sort of like that ripple effect. When you throw a pebble in a pond, it just sort of kind of mm-hmm. ripples out. Like that's, um, who I try, um, every day to sort of be. And, you know, I, I have some really off days sometimes. Um, but I just try to be real and um, inspire others to be real because that's what people really want is a lot is someone who's going to show you their true authentic self and it's okay to be who you are mm-hmm. I love that so you talk about how you didn't really know where you were going to use your power and things like that so when you look back and you look at little Lacey what did you want to be when you grew up Oh, I wanted to be Mariah Carey, uh, uh, Whitney Houston. Whitney Houston, I love really. It. <laughs> That's who I really wanted to be. Um, she um, just really inspired me to sing. Um, as a kid, I uh, my mom is a musician, and so you know we had a real tumultuous relationship. But my mom um, played the piano. She always had kids in and out of the house teaching lessons, and so she she really sparked a musical bug in me um and when I was in grade school I was exposed to orchestra and Mm -hmm. Margaret Myers in Parsons Kansas um I was in an orchestra class and you know all the little girls wanted to play the violin and I was like yeah I want to do the cello and so I learned how to play the cello and I was classically trained on that Uh, I took lessons with Norma Jean Seton. Um, she was an incredible musician um, in Parsons. Um, and then as I kind of grew up, 
you know, I wanted to, I, and I got into middle school, that's when I really learned the power of my voice and, and singing. Mm -hmm. I got into choir in seventh grade. Mr. Jim Kendall was <laughs> my choir teacher and he shoved me in the alto section and we sang a lot of Beatles and, you know, a lot of, um, fifties music. Um, it was a real experience, um, in, uh, a man who was really passionate about music and he was probably one of the first people who really showed me what being a true musician was like real live in front of your face right yeah. I mean, he's pounding on the piano and he's he's real wild and just really passionate about what he did and so as i learned um to, to sing in the alto section it was an incredible experience of harmony with others um, like an actual, you know, the physical harmony of singing with others really translates, I think, to a lot of things in life. Like, how can we be harmonious together? And I yeah. think there's so many translations with being a musician. Um, so, yeah, I wanted to be a singer. Um, I love that. And, you know, when I got into middle school, I couldn't do singing and orchestra and be athletic and be academic. Um, and so I kind of had to give one up and I gave up the cello sadly um and you know i went into high school did a lot of musical theater i was in the king and i seven brides for seven brothers west side story um, i did a bunch of community theater um, and then when it was time to go to college i was super excited to go to emporia state i really don't even know why but i love that i i went there for one semester i was homesick crazy homesick and I moved home and I got pregnant with my oldest daughter when I was 19. And from then it was just like, boom, what are you, you're going to get married? Like that was the expectation. And so got married, had a kid. I'm telling you my whole life story. But, no, you're good. You know, that's. We're here for it. <laughs> that's, I mean, and so I was a mom, you yeah. know, at 19. And that was, that really became like my focus because now I have this like little life mm -hmm. who's now 20 years old <laughs> uh, to take care of. And so it really kind of set my life in a different direction. Really? That's awesome. I think it's cool how you talk about music brings people together. Cause it really like thinking about the Beatles, like everybody can see you like a good, like everyone can Lady, jam. Lady. Everyone can be yeah. <laughs> like, can jam to the Beatles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I use it, you know, I'm, I'm a songwriter as well. So, and I like to say, um, you know, I don't really write songs, songs write me and it's, it's the surroundings and it's the, you know, the turmoil that you go through in your life. And, you know, that's where I, when I write songs, that's where they come from yeah. and they just sort of pop up. Right. Yeah. And, um, and then once, once I've written a song, it's like I've no law. I don't. I don't have those feelings inside mm. anymore, and it's for somebody else to interpret, or for somebody else to heal because of these words, yeah. because of this, these melodies and, and the mm. music. Um, and so I really use it, and I, sadly, I don't use it enough. Um, but I find it. It's very therapeutic. Um, and it's a way to release things that need to be released. Yeah. So you started out wanting to be Whitney Houston, and then you became. <laughs> A mom, and then now you're 
a Cedric County commissioner, like, like who are the people that have kind of walked beside you or lifted you up in those areas of trying to figure it all out? You know, I think um, the conversation that you and I had earlier before this started about not really having a mentor Mm -hmm. and sort of it being a privilege for some to have that, you know, looking back, I don't know that I really had that one person Mm -hmm. that was in my life that I'm like, that was my mentor, you know, and um, like you, it was, I I think outside of music and outside of maybe um, a few sports, you know, I I played um, softball. Mm -hmm. And so um, Tom Shivey, you know, just being around those kinds of uh, activities, I think, really helped me in the moment, but mm-hmm. sort of like, you know, guiding me through life. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I really ever had that. And, you know, I, I've told this story a lot, but my, my parents divorced when I was four. I have two older brothers that are four and five years older than me. And, um, when my parents divorced, my dad, um, is manic depressive bipolar mm-hmm. and he has been for my whole life. Um, My parents had a very tumultuous marriage, um, and apparently, the the story goes like this, my my dad hit my mom one time, you know, it's the only time he's ever hit a woman, and and so my mom ended up divorcing my dad, Um, he was pretty pretty much an alcoholic, um, but he was using it to sort of cope, so um, they divorced when I was four, my mother took my two older brothers and moved to Topeka and left me with my dad when I was four, you know, the man she just divorced because of his alcoholism, because, you know, of, you know, domestic violence, obviously issues that they were having. Um, and from a very, very early age, I have, um, really felt a sense of abandonment and I have, um, just some real sorts. Uh, and I, I think my trauma response is hyper independence. And so because of that, um, and because of just sort of an, an act of survival, um, I've just really not, um, allowed myself to really reach out and say, I need help because mm-hmm. I've just sort of learned how to cope with mm-hmm. doing things for myself and by myself. Now that's not to say that a lot of people haven't helped me in my life because they have. Um, but it is so hard for me to ask for help, like even to this day. Um, and it's, it's, it's one thing just to sort of be in this public spotlight. Um, and I think that's why, um, I can't be any other thing than just, as real as possible. And I, Mm -hmm. that's why I share these challenges that I have personally, because it's really made me who I am. And, you know, outside of, you know, Margaret Myers and, um, Dana Saliba, who was my vocal coach. Um, and, um, they're all, they've all passed on except for Jim Kendall, who, um, was my choir teacher and he married the love of his life, Ruth, um, Miss, Miss Ruth. She was, uh, Ruth Young is her name, um, and they both have just 
been very encouraging, but I wouldn't say that they're like the ones that I would ask advice for, right. advice to, you know, yeah. um, but, you know, I, I have to say that I don't, there aren't really a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when I got elected and when I was going through the campaign, um, there were some people that kind of showed up in my life, like, I'm here for you, I'm here for you, I'm here for you. And um, so it made them seem like they were mentors of mine and made it seem like they were there for me. And then when I started to sort of really understand being a commissioner and really understanding um, that I'm here to serve the people, mm -hmm. I'm not here to serve the staff, yeah. I'm here to work with staff and understand how commissioners are representatives of the people. Mm -hmm. And my job is to do what the people expect and to look out for the people I represent. Mm -hmm. And so asking tough questions and pushing back on a lot of stuff, um, really sort of, some people sort of started to shy away out of my life yeah. um, because I wasn't doing their playbook anymore. And so um, I take real pride in, when people reach out to me, especially young women who reach out to me um, and want to want to talk to me, that is 100% who I give my time to. Um, there's been a multitude of teachers who have reached out to speak to, to classes, mm -hmm. um, and I take I take a real um, sense of importance to be a mentor like that I never had, yeah. and so I take um, I take that very seriously, and. Because I, I want to give back, you know, I think that's another reason why I'm in this role mm -hmm. is to not only be here to fight every day, right, and, and be here to really create substantive change that is mm -hmm. actionable, that you can see it, it's tangible, um, but then to show other, other people in the minority that mm -hmm. you can do this too, yeah, right? Um, and I've also taken a real... Um, active role in appointing people to every board that I have um, that normally wouldn't be sitting on that board, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's been a, a real important thing to me, um, especially um, young women of color. I've taken a real um, deep dive and reached out to Marquita a lot because yeah. she's given me a lot of names of young women who... Yeah are smart and capable, right? Yeah. And need to be on these boards right? Uh, because that's, we need different. Yeah. We need a way, different way to think. Yeah. And that's how we create change is right. putting different people in the room that normally wouldn't be seated at those tables. It's being like super intentional about like, yeah. I want this person. Yep. And if I don't know how to find that person, I'm going to figure out how to find that person. Yep. I've actually like been like, hey, Marquita, do you know someone for this board? Like, I've, I literally yeah. just did that. She's and like, she's like, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> like, here's like five people. Yes. So she's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I like it when we could talk about people who've already been on the podcast. And I'm excited for more of that. Because yeah. now this is going to be episode 11. So that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, and just, you know, other women I think that have been um, like Danielle Johnson. Mm -hmm. And she is just... I find she's so real, and when she speaks, 
just she's so powerful and so even people that maybe you know I wouldn't like say they're my mentor I do learn a lot Mm -hmm. from them and she um, is definitely one of them yeah Um, I think that there are intentional mentors, like people you seek out. I think that there's accidental mentors, but I think there's also people who you, who mentor you from far away, like where you're like, you have got me through a lot. <laughs> Cause like I follow you on social media and I'm like, it's nice to be able to relate to someone in a position that you don't see yourself. Like you've never seen yourself ever being able to do that kind of thing. And so that's really cool. I don't know. Well, and that's just the thing. I think we as women um, have been conditioned to not speak up, to not really show and be really, truly, Mm -hmm. authentically ourselves because there is an expectation by society for Mm -hmm. us to be a certain way. And um, those sorts of, well, if she speaks up and she tells her truth, now she's just being angry and and mean. Right. Um, or she's being emotional. But, you know, it's all those same comparisons. Yeah. When a man does it, he's strong. When a woman does it, she's angry. Um, and, you know, that has got to... It, and, and if we just keep sort of silencing ourselves, mm-hmm. because we've been conditioned right. to do that, right? Um, it'll never change. Um, and so I have to really, um, I'm super intense. Like I'm a super intense person. Like I know that I am. And like when I speak, like, you know, I, I don't even know how many times I've heard from people like, oh man, oh, well, you're kind of, yeah. like, sometimes you get a little scary and I'm like, oh shit, I don't want to be scary. <laughs> like I really don't, but I'm just really intense and I'm really passionate about stuff. And, um, you know, I just have to be me, right? And I hope that other people will do the same um, and see that it's okay. Like, it's really, really okay. Yeah. Um, and stop trying to put ourselves in that box because what we're doing by putting ourselves in the box is catering to everyone else. Right. And we're making everybody else yeah. comfortable. And I'm sorry if my, if my presence walking into a room makes you uncomfortable, that's really on you. It's not yeah. on me. Um, and I have to start really telling myself yeah. that. And now I'm going to be 40 in a couple months. And I'm like, hey, yo, I'm done. Like, <laughs> right. I, like I've hit this point where. No it, BS. No, it's fine. All the time. I like that. Okay. So we've talked about how, yeah, we're very similar. We didn't really have people here for us. <laughs> and so. We've had to navigate and figure this stuff out. But as an adult, do you seek mentorship from people? Well, I know you say it's hard to ask for help. Well, so I can right now, understand. I think the way I'm seeking mentorship is through therapy. Um, and so I know that's not really a traditional. No, you're good. That's a way. But for me, it was, um, you know, I've been talking about mental health for Gosh, and I thought, you know, if I'm gonna be talking about this, I really need to like walk the talk. And so, um, I've been helping my dad through it, I've been helping my daughters through it, and I just recently, within the last six months, like have been like, okay, time to do it for yourself. Yeah. And so, you know, understanding 
who I am and how my, my body chemistry works and, um, like really being okay with my brain and how it functions. And but also understanding kind of too, like, yeah, well, I, so having the diagnosis of ADHD has been an, an eye opener. Like it makes everything make sense now. The way I interrupt people, the way I can't remember names, the way I just super hyper focus on stuff. Um, and I told my sister-in-law that I was diagnosed with ADHD and she goes, oh my God, I already knew that. <laughs> right. And I'm like, why didn't y'all tell I'm me? Like, oh. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. and it makes so much sense. And so now I have the appropriate medication that I take. And I see a therapist and, you know, I'm working through these things and I'm just really excited to share this journey with others because mm -hmm. those who sort of walk around, like they just have everything put together and they're just, you know, their lives are so great. And I'm like, you lying, you are lying, <laughs> right. you know? Yeah. And listen, some people do have really, really great lives, but at some point people struggle and mm -hmm. it's okay to not be okay um, and, and be with, transparent about it. Yeah. See, the other part to me is that um, my uncle and my grandfather both died by suicide. Mm -hmm. And that was probably one of the, that's been um, a really deep fear in my life. Mm -hmm. um, and my daughter, my youngest daughter, is 12. She'll be here a little bit. Um, my oldest daughter just went to go get her. Um, two of her friends have now tried mm -hmm. to kill themselves. Um, and they have both been... I mean, can you imagine growing up today? I, I literally cannot. I have sisters in high school right now. I can't. I cannot. I can't either. So imagine, And I'm not much older than them. Well, imagine, like, just growing up in general. Yeah. Like, middle school, it sucks. It's yes. so hard. Yeah. People are mean, right? You're trying to figure out who you are. Mm -hmm. But social media. Well, then like, put social media on top of that. Then put a pandemic on top of mm -hmm. that. Put a new learning situation on top of that. So, we have a very unconventional house around here. And sometimes we don't eat dinner till 10 o'clock at night. And sometimes we eat, like... I don't know. You know, like we don't follow the same patterns and things that other folks do just because we all kind of function in a different way. And I just want my daughters to understand that they are loved and they can and be. And that's like, okay. And yeah. like, that's normal because nothing's normal. <laughs> no. That's our normal. Yeah. So, you know, there are, there are people that, um, you know, I do actively seek advice from, mm -hmm. um, you know, a couple of, of male friends actually that, you know, are my sounding board, my go-tos, um, just really trusted sources. And, you know, I think I keep my circle very small. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think mentorship for me doesn't look, I guess, traditional. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's very important. Um, and quite frankly, I have, for me, it's like, who is doing the thing that I admire? Right. You know, 
um, like those in leadership here. So um, Sherry Utah, she really mm-hmm. sticks out to me. Um, and I, I really appreciate just how innovative she is. And I, she's very bold. Mm-hmm. I really dig bold women who mm-hmm. are, you know, not afraid to say an idea, even if it's not very good. Right. Because at least they said it, right? So she's one that comes to mind. Um, you know, yeah, I, I think it, my, my, my mentorship as a 40 something looks a little unconventional. I would say. I like that. Sorry. I'm just like, I like this conversation. It's not like all my other conversations. So I like it because it's cool. unconventional. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am like a super empath and I, mm-hmm. I've just really kind of learned why. And that is sort of a trauma response as yeah. well. Like when you, mm-hmm. you know, children who become empaths do it as a survival technique and people who are empaths, you know, you walk into a room and everybody's happy and I really zone into the person who is the most mm-hmm. distraught or yeah. has the energy around them that I is like something I need to fix. Right. And I'm like, why do I do that? And That's so crazy. I miss so much like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I want to walk in a room and be very happy, but I'm just so in, it's like, just so like ingrained in me that, mm-hmm. you know, I, I pinpoint things that are different or awry mm-hmm. or something that is like not sort of kosher, you know? And so that's where my, my brain goes. It's where, and and I'm not always right, right? I mean, there's yeah. sometimes that I'm just not always right, but like it, people have to be real and the energy that you give off and the energy that, you know, um, that's that, for me, it's all about the energy that I get from someone and how they make me feel mm-hmm. in return. Um, so you, you hit the nail on the head. It is absolutely being a hundred percent authentic. Um, and the other, I, I want people, one, one quality they look for is, um, the ability to call my BS, <laughs> you know, they have to be willing to yeah. stand up, right. And say, Hey girl, you, you probably need to simmer down a little bit or you are wrong, you know? So that's, that's another quality I look for. Somebody who's not afraid to sort of like, tell me I'm wrong. Yeah. I know that you're like super involved in all these different initiatives and things like that. But I, um, I wonder how you are pouring back into our young people. And you've talked about it a little bit by, um, creating space for young women and, um, and young black women and things like that. So what one woman in particular, um, Denise Romero, you know, she is, um, she helped me on my first campaign and we just sort of, we just connected at actually Juneteenth. Um, it was weird. Um, and she lived with me for a little bit. She, um, is, um, really doing well right now. Um, just, I'm very excited to say that the relationship that we have developed and how I've been able to, um, really help and guide her. Um, and she's really guided me too. She's really profound. Helping with her daughters, um, and you know, anytime she needs something, but other than, you know, with Denise, 
like I said earlier, it's really, um, the access that I have to my daughter and her friends, um, I don't have a lot of extra time, um, but when people do call me, you know, to give interviews or to speak to, um, classrooms, um, and I probably could do more, um, like reaching out. Um, but I think right now with the limited time that I have, it's just really maintaining the fact that my daughter and her friends, um, being influential in their lives mm -hmm. and helping, um, their friends when they come over and really being that sort of empowering person that yeah. builds them up. Yeah. Um, but this job is so time consuming. And, um, I think that when I win my next term, well, what, what I really want to do is empower women to run for office. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that's why I encouraged Sarah Lopez to run. That's mm -hmm. why I encouraged Kelly Reed to run. That's mm -hmm. why I encouraged, um, you know, the, oh gosh, what is her name? See, my ADHD is coming to me. No, she ran for um, treasurer. She, I mean, she didn't win, um, but... But that's still... Uh, that's a woman on the ballot. Yeah. And that's empowering to know that there's a woman on the ballot. Yeah. Um, so, again, really in, unconventional. You know, it's not I meet with a young woman every week or anything like that, which I could, um, but right now it's really paying attention. The extra time that I have to my children and the friends... Um, and it's all women around here all the time. I love that. And I'm sure, like, you as a mom in one of the... I was just talking to someone about how my best friend's mom is like a mom to me. And so, like, I think because I may not have had a lot of, like, motherliness, I got that from my friend's mom. And so I'm sure, like, they appreciate that. I'm sure that's pretty big for them. Um, so, okay. We've talked a lot, and I want to play a little game to kind of finish this out a little bit. But, um, so, have you heard of, like, word association, song association? Okay. You don't have to sing, but um, I'm going to say a word, and then you say a word or a phrase that comes to mind. Okay. Mentor. Fellowship. Okay. Uh, community. Pride. Education. <laughs> Create music and next tomorrow. Well, thank you so much for like coming on, being here, and um, recording this with me. Thanks for asking me. I appreciate it. Yes, I hope you have a really good day. Likewise. Thank you for tuning in to Mentoring the Next. I would love for you to hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you found this podcast on and go out and follow me, Susanna Bowden, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Now, have a great rest of your day.